It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on TogiNet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being with me today. Today I have a very fun special guest who happens to be related to me. And they uh, it is my twin sister, and we are going to be talking about... Now, here's the thing. We may be identical twins, and what? but some of the things that we're interested in are completely different. For example, she has always been a complete Trekkie. Me, on the other hand, I, I may have watched one or two episodes. And also, she loves Shakespeare. As a result, she has seen, I, I'll ask her, she'll relate to me, how similar the storylines between what is happening with a Star Trek story and how similarly it relates to Shakespeare. So then... I will, so what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about the similarities and how similar these are with, in the area of sexuality, the, the storylines. So we're having a little technical issue here, so I'm seeing whether or not we can get this cleared up right away. So... We're going to do, we're just, again, we're having a little technical issue here. Um, hmm. It says that the phone is busy. Okay. Well, uh, what I'm going to do then is uh, I'll ask the producer, Karina, is she's still not answering on that line then. Okay. Anyway, here's what I also think is important for people to realize. There really aren't a whole lot of new ideas that are that come forward there's a there's arranged marriages there's a range of people who are they're they're coming from you know, they have their good side and their bad side we have the people who have never been exposed to someone in a relationship and some of the storylines, the and, and let's be honest, just about any that has a sexual storyline is going to be the thing that is going to hook people's interest. I don't care if it's Dancing with the Stars or Big Bang Theory. 
or Star Trek or Shakespeare or opera. And as she says about opera, really, let's be totally honest, majority of opera is based on Greek tragedies. And <laughs> that they're, it's sort of like things always end badly. Hence, they call them tragedies. So, Didi, are you on with me now? I am. Oh, fabulous. So I did a little intro there for you, darling. And I sort of like let people know that, yes, we may be identical twins. However, you have (laughs) a thing about Star Trek. Eek, not me. (laughs) About Shakespeare. Eek, not me. However, we do discuss the similarity of storylines and what are the hooks that are in these particular presentations. So why don't we just start with one, the one that I remember you telling me about is the mating rituals with Worf. <laughs> oh, Worf and, and Kalar. Yes. 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 Well, we, we don't see that, actually, and that's in The Next Generation. And the challenge Ting. was is – pardon me? In Ting? Yes, in Ting, yes. The Next Generation is abbreviated to T-N-G or Ting for those who are in the know. Um, Ultimately, what happens is that Kalar herself is part human and part Klingon. So she has a very civil side, but she also has the warrior race component of a Klingon. Worf is a full-blooded Klingon, and she has some upsetting aspect about her negotiation. She then goes to the hollow deck, which is where they can do all their fantasizing, and a lot of fantasizing goes on there. And she is working on a, you know, uh, a ritual in order to get rid of her anger, and Worf comes in on her program, at which point he is highly aroused by her physical, um, her physicality and her aggressiveness. And that ultimately leads to them consummating the relationship. Uh, we don't see that. <laughs> but her It's comments, kind of like, this, sort, of, sort of like the stage goes black. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> well, actually, I think it took place behind a rock. But anyway. Okay. Um, the ultimate side of that is that Worf says to Kalar that they need to perform a specific Klingon ritual. <laughs> her response to him is, I will not perform one of your ridiculous Klingon rituals. And he says, but, but we have. And she said, yes, Worf, I know. I was there. <laughs> now, where was it that, that she made the comment about something for old times? Oh, when they um, reconnect, she's being brought in as an ambassador uh, to negotiate uh, a takeover of part of the... Klingon um, uh, governmental structure mm-hmm. and uh, she walks up to him and they've obviously known each other previously she walks up to him and, and the character that plays her is just absolutely fantastic she's this very very attractive sexual woman and she leans over and she said what Worf no bite on the cheek for old times sake <laughs> so keep in mind Klingons are a warrior race they greet the day with, it's a good day to die. So, you know, we shouldn't extrapolate and say, you know, they're always into rough sex. That's just what Klingons are. <laughs> okay. Now, with the Worf character, is that the only one that he, you know, the, 
the storyline has been his sexual storyline? Because I'm going to jump to Captain Kirk in a moment because there's just too much fun with that one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, um, but it's the number of, you know, for example, one of my references has the number of women snarled at by Worf, and that's when he's expressing interest, is four. And so, where do you get this the, information that there's four women he snarled at? How do you find this? Remember, I've been interested in this for a long time. I know. <laughs> okay, so here we have four four women who have the privilege of being snarled at by Worf. Okay. Yeah. Maybe is that yeah. is, is is Worf? Would Worf be the epitome of the total bad boy? Uh no, um, Worf actually is, is highly driven by honor. Okay. Highly driven by honor, which is why he was insisting that he and Kalar perform their, their bonding ritual. And he, even to the, the time when Kalar dies, refers to her as his mate. Oh. And what he doesn't realize is that their, that consummation of their relationship ultimately ended up in her having a son, Alexander. But Worf does not know this. He doesn't know it till she shows up with a three-year-old. Okay, that's always... You know, thank goodness, as I was saying in the intro before you came on when we were having our technicals, that there really isn't any new storylines. They kind of just... Not really. They kind of just, you know, repeat them. So we've got three minutes until we come to our first break. So why don't we start out with Mm -hmm. a breakout of the storylines with Captain Kirk from the original. Okay. Um, Captain Kirk was the was um, the original series, or TOS TOS, and he was probably pretty much a bad boy. He always got the woman. He was always in a fight, frequently shown, bare-chested from the waist up, you know, with a towel around his shoulders, you know, to show that he's this big athletic guy. But right. he was, you know, so he was he was pretty much a, a, you know, a fisticuffs and discuss it later kind of guy. That 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 was Kirk. Okay. And I think the individuals that were writing it, you have to remember that this was, you know, this was in the '60s, and so that was pretty much like a, you know, a James Dean male ideal kind of thing. Sort of like a western goes into space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much, okay. and okay. the. Well, and but the thing that was fantastic about um, the original series was because it was placed in the future, they could discuss things, including the first interracial kiss that actually occurred on there, that the censors couldn't touch because it wasn't in current time. That's why that's why Gene Roddenberry was able to include all kinds of stuff that normally would never have been allowed. Interesting. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Because it was fantasy. Yep. Right. Oh. Those little sensors, that does tend to make them a little nervous. They get nervous about just about anything, I think. Now, (laughs) like no kidding. And here we are, as if I don't know that, dealing with, you know, the area of sexuality the way that I do. So we're coming up. on you this? Yeah, really. We're coming up to our first break. My guest today mm-hmm. is Di Paget. She is my twin sister. She is an expert in the area of Star Trek and Shakespeare. And we are looking at the storyline similarities 
of what is in those similarities actually between Star Trek and Shakespeare, their storylines, and the sexuality component and the sexuality hook component that occur in all of these different you know, presentations, the plays, and the shows. So we're coming up to our first break. Please stay with us. We will be right back after this break. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. The Woohoo Radio Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse, involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education, encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment, join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question be it function sensation or something you've heard this is the spot it's sex talk with lou on toginet.com and now back to your host lou paget welcome back everyone today we're going to be talking about the similarity of sex based themes 
from Shakespeare through Star Trek to current day. And my guest is my twin sister, Di Padgett. And we are, she's the one who knows about Star Trek, all the, the whole group of them. And she's the one who knows about Shakespeare. I don't know anything about these. So, but we talk about the similarities of sex themes that we hear in different you know, things that we might be reading or things that interest us. So we were talking about uh, Captain Kirk. And on the break, I said, okay, is there anyone who's a total dud in the sex department? So your response, Dee Dee. Well, that the individuals felt that um, that the androids would be uh, completely asexual, and there were android characters in the original series, and uh, you know, obviously in the next generation, many people are probably familiar with the character of Data, and Data was created by a human, uh, as were obviously the other androids. But one thing about Data is his creator, Dr. Noonien Song, did not give him an emotion chip. But he did program him in multiple sexual functions, which is <laughs> interesting to say the least. And he ultimately does have a physical relationship, a physically intimate relationship with a member of the um, crew on the Enterprise. And she's one of the um, security officers. And her name is Tasha Yar. And that actually fundamentally changed how Data interacted with other other female members, he still is incredibly um, almost unemotional, but that, that did impact the relationship he had with, the physical relationship he had with Tasha Yar did impact him. Does he, does he um, continue that physical relationship with her? She was killed, unfortunately. <laughs> I can't stand it. line going sorry let's offer yeah well and you know i mean the now you know who else would have been considered you know asexual was spock because right. as a vulcan he is supposed to have complete control over all of his emotions and yet every seven years he goes through what's called a pon far which is an absolute drive to mate and it so it's it's this complete contrast in his behaviors from being and, and there was always a back and forth between Spock and, and Kirk in terms of their um, humanity. And, and the comparisons were actually pretty interesting. Um, and, and even in the next generation where you have Data, the character of Data, he is contrasted against the, you know, the very human emotions that, that he's literally, he's the only android there. Um, now, you know, was anybody a total dud? Um, <laughs> no, they probably made everybody great. You know, they were writers. And these are okay. guys with imaginations. Right. Probably now, did, made everybody. Right. Now, did Spock, did Spock have, do this Ponfar, and who did he mate with? Oh, that's an excellent question. I don't know. Oh, okay. And, oh, I hope somebody calls in and knows this, because that would be great. <laughs> Because now, what like, happened? So he's he's supposed to marry a, an individual called Tapring, and Spock is. She then, he, yeah, Spock. That's who he's supposed to marry. Now I don't know if that's tied in with, uh, uh, you know, upon far, but um, 
Anyway, <laughs> he ultimately okay. doesn't marry her because she is um, she wants Ston, S-T-O-N-N, not Spock. So, oh my he God, gets jilted at the altar. He gets jilted at the altar. Okay. Now, I would be curious how the episodes that have the relationship sex theme running through them, how much more watched they would have been than, say, that's nice, we're having another battle with the, um, what, what do you well, call the little, yeah, the, what do you call the little money handlers? Oh, the Ferengi? The Ferengi. <laughs> another yeah, well, fight with Ferengi is actually a Portuguese word that is very derogatory and it was applied to the uh, individuals um, who were literally pillaging Africa. Henceforth, not a positive I mean, word. No, not at all. <laughs> um, well, the Ferengi actually had um, uh, an interesting aspect that they have huge ears. And the male's ears are massive in comparison to the females. It's one of those sexual differentiation things. And apparently, male Ferengi love to have their ears massaged. And female Ferengi are never clothed. So, you know, one has to question that Did we ever see a female aspect. Ferengi? Uh, yes, but they were always on um, uh, the Enterprise. And they were, well, not always on the Enterprise, but they were always clothed. Um, oh. Uh, in one episode, though, uh, Deanna Troy and her mother are kidnapped by Ferengi, and they remove their clothes. But, of course, we have discreet, you know, blanketing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we have a little nudity going on here, too. Oh, good. Uh, we've got nudity going on. And and what they wanted was they wanted, um, and they're, as I said, like Ferengi's ears or male's ears are apparently very sensitive, and I think it's called umlak, that you're supposed to massage them. Anyway. Okay. Um, now, you had mentioned previously that when droids had sex with humans, it you talked about other droids that were half droid, half human, and how mm -hmm. they didn't have the ability oh. to know how to relate to this. Uh, oh, in terms of how they handled the emotional aspect of physicality? Correct. Yeah, that actually was um, the first episode of that is um, in the original series, and it's entitled What Are Little Girls Made Of? And there's a character, Roger Corby, who creates uh, an individual who's absolutely beautiful. Her name is Andrea. And Andrea is, a, um, is like Data. She's, you know, non-human. And what happens is she falls in love with Kirk or develops strong feelings to Kirk, Kirk kisses her, and the Roger Corby character actually is quite upset. It turns out Roger Corby is also an android, and he built the android of himself um, previous to his death. And Roger Corby, who is now an android, and Andrea, who's an android, when they kiss, they actually destroy themselves. Okay. How do they destroy themselves? Do they like melt down or like, like basically they, blow up? Do they blow up on the scene in the? You know, I haven't seen that one. Where my notes on this one are from? What about three years ago? Uh, twenty nineteenth of October, twenty twelve. Yeah. <laughs> 
I was more interested in looking at the Shakespearean theme through that. <laughs> okay. The Shakespearean theme being the, are they not supposed to kiss? Um, well, what it is is that, um, you know, I mean, the, <laughs> I'm not in charge of their morals. <laughs> I just, the, you know, the, the forbidden kiss that can destroy you. That's what, that's what, where my it's, question was going. Well, uh, I think what it is is that the way that the androids were created and this episode, What Little Girls Are Made Of, is one of the first that shows androids with an inability to cope with human emotional intensity. Emotional intensity and, you know, the kiss is to, um, I, I expect, portray that. Now, when we were first talking about this, and this is something that we've spoken about at length, mm-hmm. that we literally are creating a generation that does not know how to emotionally relate as a result of constantly having their eyeballs glued to a screen. And right. the, I was at a dinner party last evening, and uh, the son of a friend of mine came up and asked, would I, would a woman be really, really impressed by a guy who was like a, you know, incredibly, you know, good gamer? And I said, no. And he said, well, well, why not? He was like shocked. And I said, why would someone want to be impressed by someone whose total attention is focused on what somebody else says is a game they can win? That is, for the majority of women or other partners, they want to have someone's attention. They don't want to have it be that, uh, you know, and then he said, well, what happens if she's into gaming too? I said, well, do we then have a competition? Is it then they're competitive? Well, what happens if they're a power couple? I said, power couples are a different matter altogether. That's looking together into the future together. And one of the things I'd be curious, and we're going to be coming up to our our next break here in about a minute, and we can talk about this over the break, are there power couples in these stories? And we're going to jump into Shakespeare when we come back after this break. Are there power couples? I mean, we've got Petruchio and Kate. Would that be a power couple in Shakespeare? Uh, yeah, it would be in that, and that theme uh, is in um, Star Trek, absolutely. Okay, well, then we're going to talk about power couples and their sex lives <laughs> when we come back. The, um, and then I also want to talk about uh, sexuality that gets out of control in, oh, yeah. in, in both, uh, is it mainly in Ting? It's mainly in Ting. Okay. Um, Certainly okay. there's lots of, of implied rampant sexuality in the original series, and that's because they were able to get away with it. Right. And the one that now, we're, we're coming up to our break familiar here. with is the green Orion woman, who's this okay. dancing character who's covered in what is probably those horrendous face masks from the 60s. Right. Now, we're, we're coming up to our break, our, our second break here. My guest is Di Paget. We're talking about sex in Shakespeare and Star Trek, and we'll be back 
And then we'll find out about the Green Orion woman. You can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. Do you want to get a contact high? Tune in for fun, inspiration, and motivation every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Learn how to maximize your mojo and just say no to the status quo. Get inspired and motivated by a fun-loving coach who knows what it's like to get through this thing called life. With your high-on-life coach, Audra Irwin, each Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon Eastern. is the Tokenet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders. A forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. My twin sister and I are talking about sex storylines in Star Trek, Shakespeare, and I want to jump into out-of-control sex, okay? Where was it and who was it? I know there's a Worf one, and then we have one of your favorites. Well, no, but Worf's, Worf's, I mean, Worf was just, you know, being a good standard Klingon. I wouldn't say that was out-of-control. Oh, okay. Like rampaging no, through I, the I, ship I, to get to Deanna Troy? Oh, well, actually, that was in uh, um, uh, The Next Generation. It was called Genesis. And what happens is that a crew member is inoculated with um, something by Dr. Beverly Crusher. His name is Barclay. And what happens is that it activated latent introns in him and created a proto-morphogenesis syndrome. So everybody reverted to an earlier type of development. So Worf himself becomes, I mean, I mean, he's a big, huge guy to begin with, but he goes back to literally seeking his mate who he felt was Deanna Troy um, because he'd actually, uh, he'd wounded her, I think by biting her. And he literally is, he, yeah, I mean, he's got, you know, this, he is this super strength guy who's literally 
you know, creating fist imprints through steel doors, trying to get to her. So that's a little out of control. Um, I, you know, that's uh, just call me crazy. That's what I thought. <laughs> um, the uh, out of control um, sexuality was usually portrayed as a result of something that impacted the entire crew. And the, in the original series, um, they had that aspect, and they go back and they revive it in The Next Generation. Well, didn't and you say that the they would go back and mine the stories? Yeah. No, they went back and, and mined. The, the Next Generation has multiple uh, plots that are very, very similar to the original series. But, hey, you know, it's, it's their stuff, right? Right. Was and it the same writers so again? What had happened was the um, the ships, both the both the different enterprises in the original series and the Next Generation, had something impact their um, uh, in the uh, the Next Generation. It actually impacted the humans so that water, the water molecules in their systems, actually started to affect them as though they were inebriated. And so it reduced levels of inhibition. And that's when Data actually has sex with Tasha Yar. And I'll tell you, the outfit she's wearing in that is so hot. Unreal. <laughs> and, and, and Tasha Yar dies, right? Yeah, but she doesn't. She, she dies as a result of an, an away mission. Um, oh, okay. And. Because anyway, we can't, it, 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 it it's kind of like they know, they never really have relationships continue on. Someone either comes on for a guest hearing role, comes on, you know, delivers the sex message, and then they get killed off or they never hear of them again. Yeah, or until they show up with a kid. <laughs> right. Oh, that one. Okay. Now, you got to talk about Kamala. Ah, one of my personal favorites. Um, Kamala is uh, a character on The Next Generation uh, that in the episode The Perfect Mate. And she is what's referred to as an empathic metamorph. And she is absolutely phenomenally sexual. And part of it is that she's also, as an empathic metamorph, she has uh, a series of sexual levels that she goes through. And the one that she's in when she arrives on the ship is she's supposed to be in stasis, but she, the Ferengi knock her out of that, which is really a bad move. So then she has to mate with her intended partner that she'll imprint what he wants. So what it is, she's empathic. She can sense what a man wants, and she will change herself into that in order to appease him. So every man on the ship is going nuts. And part of that is because she's in what's called the, her Finistral, which means she's at the height of her sexual allure. And she has such an amazing ability to literally kick back with a group of minors and, you know, you know, well, and what they do, they ultimately assign data to her because data being a an android will not be impacted by her influences, which <clears throat> doesn't work out. Because <laughs> she ultimately ends up with Captain Picard um, uh, as as the person who oversees, you know, her safety and security. Um, but she is absolutely in. Incredible. The, the character that played her was just fantastic. I mean, her walk, everything about her is just off the scale, red line, incredible. 
Now, here's the thing, that in the fantasy situation, the storyline being that she is completely irresistible. Now, I don't know of any hormone that one could apply to their body or anything that could create that. I mean, you would end up being very, very busy, but... Her thing well, is that, you t- explain why, you, you said that she's a female metamorph. What is a metamorph? Metamorph means, meta meaning multiple, and morph, that she can become a range of different individuals. So oh, her, okay. her behavior, um, you know, her interactions. So, you know, she can be, you know, like the, you know, tight jeans, you know, little bar flop. And mm-hmm. then she actually snarls back at her. So, you know, she knows enough and because she, she's been schooled in all of this. And so her, her one comment when Picard asks her what she's like when she's alone, she says, I don't know. I've never been alone because she's been schooled from the age of four in everything, from playing every instrument in an orchestra to a instrument that sounds like a um, brain uh, Targis, I think. Anyway, anyway, but apparently, Maltese men like she's supposed to marry a guy from, you know, Ulrich of Vault. But it's interesting because there's the fantasy women in the series, The Next Generation. There's at least thirteen of them. Hmm. The number of fantasy is none. Fantasy men is none. None. Zero. <laughs> well, obviously, we know who's writing those things. Now we also have in the you know this the sexuality. You know, theme story here we have the you know the wedding about to occur and again it's an arranged marriage for kamala which is why she has yeah, been arriving on the ship mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. when with this arranged marriage it's which is what most marriages are doing is let's be honest people marriage is a contract that creates a contract for the legal transfer of Property, children, titles, whatever it may be. There really isn't a whole lot. We've made it be that it's all roses and smiley faces. But bottom line is marriage is a contract. So having something that is the perfect mate to marry this guy who really couldn't care less about her. He's only only concerned about the trading. Yeah, he's, he's more concerned about the trade agreements than he is about her. Okay, so we've got Paula, who's totally irresistible. Now, let's jump into, let's go with power couples. Who do we have as power couples, Shakespeare? Well, it depends um, if they're alive or sane, um, because you've got got Macbeth and you've got Lady Macbeth. um, And um, she's... (laughs) She's not your stable girl, um, but they are a power couple. And most of the individuals who are portrayed as power couples are usually, you know, royalty because people could relate to that. I mean, that's that's who Shakespeare was writing. You know, that's the era that he was writing in. Mm-hmm. Um, other power couples, you know, there's frequently the love interest in, you know, um, in in his themes. But you also have individuals such as, you know, for example, Romeo and Juliet. I mean, that was the ultimate power couple, but they were, you know, once again, not allowed to be together. 
you know, both of them were like the jewel of their household. Right. And, you know, with their death, bury their parents' strife. I mean, that's, you know, part of the epilogue in that. And that's when you realize, you know, they have just lost, as the prince said, you know, I, I have lost a brace of kinsmen. And he's right. So, uh, you know, you know, in terms of our couples, there's so many of them. And they shift during the plays as well. Okay. You know, oh, no, I forgot know, to also, ask. You know, uh, a lot of these guys, <laughs> they didn't play clean. No, no, I got that. You know what I forgot to ask? Who is hmm. this green Orion woman? Oh, she's a dancer. And where is she? Is she on Ting or Toth? Oh, she's on she's on Toth, the original series. Okay. And and she is um, the, the the ultimate, you know, thing that a male wants. And so then, you know, then of course the question is, is you know, of course she is because she's incredibly sensual and, you know, she's essentially in, in a, a belly dancing outfit, with great <laughs> Lord. extended fingers that you would see on. Um, you know, traditional pie dancing with those great extended long, you know, uh, finger cots that they wear. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she's good looking. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it, you know, the, uh, people just need to get a little grip here on the, the belly dancing thing, realizing that the whole reason for all of that dancing was originally to help women who were in labor and, you know, loosening up of the hips and the, the joints. And it's like, oh, please. Uh, it's like sort of like a bad I dream of genie, and uh, so it, it's for that. Or I thought it was um, uh, post delivery was in order to um, regain um, like Kegel tone. Mm-mm. No, originally my understanding is that, and this is from a woman who was doing it, that it is to have the women be supported while they're in labor by other women with them in the room. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so there we go. So we are coming down to, we are coming up to our final break here. My guest is my twin sister. We're talking about sex themes in uh, Shakespeare, in Star Trek, both Ting and Toss. And when we come back, we're going to be focusing on Shakespeare and their themes. Again, the sex and who's hot, who's not, and who are the duds. Please stay with us. We'll be back right after this message. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Pantic. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing um, with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. 
This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. This is the Toginet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. And today... We are talking, my twin sister and I, Di Paget, are talking about sex themes in Shakespeare, in the uh, Star Trek series, and we were going to be concentrating on power couples coming out and the delivery of their messages to people. What was the thing that Shakespeare was trying to say, do you think, Dee, with... Kate and Petruchio, and they were in what, what, which one were they Taming in? Taming of the Shrew. Taming of the Shrew. Oh. Taming of the Shrew. Um, the, the issue was is that Kate was the elder daughter of the household, and she was not married yet. And part of protocol was the, you married the eldest daughter before you married a younger daughter. So her father is a little bit desperate to get her married, but she's an absolute frickin' nightmare. And so she's the shrew in the, in the opening title. And the character that Richard Burton plays, the Petruchio character and the Kate character played by Elizabeth Taylor, is one of the most sensual coupling in, in movie history. And part of that was because they were also, you know, at, I, I don't know if they were a couple at the time of that, but there's some absolute magnificent romps. And what it is is he makes the comment, Petruchio, his character, that this is the way to kill a wife with kindness. And this, of course, is after they're married. But his one comment before they're married is he says, I have set myself to thrive and wive as best I can. So, I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty motivated. And what he does is he changes how she is conducting herself. And there's also uh, an almost identical theme pardon me, in the original series with the um, uh, Dolman of Elan, and she is 
absolutely beautiful and sensual in all those really good ways, but she is just a nightmare in terms of her her behavior. So they have to alter her and and get her to be a much better, she's going to go into an arranged marriage, um, and it's part of a trade agreement. <laughs> she's a riot. Anyway, um, so, um, you know, as, as power couples, certainly, um, you know, Kate and Petruchio. But again, as I said, there's so many different couplings that Shakespeare has. Uh-huh. And at certain points, it shifts the theme of the play. And sometimes it's an individual who is cross-dressing to portray either a male or a female. And right. is then involved with, you know, a love interest of their own, only to find out, you know, are you know are you who you seem to be? Because apparently um, Henry VIII did that when he um, first met um, two of his wives. He presented himself as a uh, as a messenger, so he could get like right up close and personal and check these young women out. I think one was Catherine of Aragon and one was Anne of Cleves, but I don't know that. <laughs> really? Because I know. Um, well, did he not refer to? Catherine of Aragon as the Flanders mayor? No, 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 no. Ara- Catherine of Aragon is, is, is Spanish. Um, oh, Anna that's right. Cleves, actually, her official portrait, she's beautiful. And what it was is that he was protesting against how it had been arranged by his ministers. So he did not consummate that marriage. And she lived the rest of her life in what was ultimately the family home uh, of... Um, uh, his second wife, who was beheaded, and her family's property was all taken away. So Anne Boleyn's household, her childhood home, then became the home for uh, Anne of Cleves. You had to watch yourself with sex around Henry. It was just not a safe game. No, and you certainly didn't want to be... You know, but hey, you know what? Of the people I know, even four very, very high-born arranged marriages, they are still... An arranged marriage, and in those cultures, you know, particularly in the Middle East, the women don't hold a lot of sway. They hold sway in being able to bring together families, but, you know, a lot of consanguinity there. People marrying their sweet-faced cousin, as we would say. Now, going back to Shakespeare, he was Hmm. called the body bard. Mm Mm-hmm. Like B A W D Y, right? As and it was raunchy, right? It, it and he would like include all of these things that, you know, in this day and age we would probably not be a big deal, or would it? Were there things that we would go like act over? Well, it also depends on the time that the play was being presented, mm-hmm. uh, and it depended on the audience that was there. So if you had individuals that he was trying, you know. I mean, and he was part of a uh, he was part of a group, so you know it wasn't just you know his interpretation. It's you know who were the directors, and people would throw things at the actors. You know, like is this at the Globe or whatever it was? Is the Globe Theater? Yeah, that was one of them. Okay, and then of course it ultimately gets shut down. Um, All public uh, um, interactions were shut down um, due to um, epidemics, um, the plague. Mm. So there was no, there was no, you never got together with anybody publicly because, you know, you literally were so terrified that, you know, you were going to die because it was pretty contagious stuff. 
Yeah, well, they also, I mean, the big thing that I think people have sort of like overlooked is that the main reason that people started living longer and having healthier lives was sanitation. They, oh, were yeah. wash, they were washing their hands. They weren't, you know, the things weren't contaminated. Food wasn't contaminated. Anyways, enough on that. So let's go back. Picard. Did that we ever have to do? Yeah. But did we ever have Picard, or did he end up just being the workaholic guy, and he doesn't really ever have a relationship? Well, I think the closest he came to having a relationship was uh, with a with a woman, uh, uh, a human being, was. Um, Nella Darren in Lesson, and she's a um, like an astrophysicist. And what happens is that she gets sent on an away mission, and he realizes that he cannot put himself in a position to send someone that he is very emotionally attached to in harm's way. So uh, did she die so too? That was. Pardon me. Does she die too? No. Okay. No, she gets a little singed, but she's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. When you talk well, about it in firestorms, we <laughs> okay exactly. Oop, egak. Okay, um, Deus ex machina and the transporter. Mm-hmm. You also talked mm-hmm. about how you could bring out you know the more sexual side. The transporter could have like little malfunction, and someone could come back and be like totally evil or totally good. Or they what were these things? And, well, and they, that was a really common theme. Um, they would, um, <laughs> for example, have uh, you split into your good part and your bad part. Um, they also had characters um, who, uh, okay, so for example, like Deus Ex Machina. I mean, that basically means a performance plot that manipulates that can only be done by a god or a goddess. And, okay. And the transporter could do that as well. And the transporter, you know, obviously was used to uh, create alternative locales, universes. Uh, it could have individuals reverse aging. Um, the uh, aspect uh, of splitting into components, that was because what the transporter did was essentially disassociate your molecules and you know, ship you through in an energy stream and then reassociate your molecules. And they frequently used transporter malfunctions as reasons for um, uh, you know, uh, amazing things showing up on the transporter pad. Um, there's a whole series, there's a, one episode where Kirk is, goes through the transporter and he comes back as evil Kirk. And the evil Kirk, of course, looks exactly like the original Kirk, except that he's got black eyeliner. Oh, and okay. <laughs> that was the indicator, hmm? That was the indicator, yeah, and his behavior. Of course, then he, you know, he attacks, you know, Yeoman Rand, who, you know, he'd previously been, of course, you know, completely respectful with, and, you know, and she says, you know, I, I don't understand, um, and, you know, she says, well, you know, he's the captain, you know, so here's a woman who, although she is in space, you know, is still acquiescing to a very traditional 60s role. Right. And, no, I mean, it, it's a paramilitary structure on on these ships, so, yeah, you, you know, you... you I get that. Um, there's um, the forbidden love themes, because we've got like about mm. two minutes left. Do we okay. have, I mean, the Romeo and Juliet one is probably the one that jumps out the most for me. 
the in, in terms of of Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. But there were there were, you know, multiple aspects of that where you know the and it was usually a conflict between, you know, the parents as opposed to the the couple. Um, there are uh, there are episodes in the Next Generation where um, young couples are actually from. Uh, are not supposed to be in a relationship, but they very clearly are because she is very clearly pregnant. <laughs> very clearly. <laughs> very clearly. Um, so, you know, the, 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 the crossover is, you know, Shakespeare was very good at portraying sexuality and sensuality, but it depended on whose filter it came through as a, as a producer and a director. Zeffirelli, right. Franco Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet, that was the one that really put it on the map because that was when he portrayed them as age-appropriate, and Leonard Whitting and Olivia Hussey were absolutely incendiary. Every 14-year-old teenage boy who ever saw that suddenly developed an interest in Shakespeare. Yeah, no, it was... It was phenomenally well done. We're coming down to our final minute. My guest has been my twin sister, Di Paget. We've been talking about the themes of sexuality in Shakespeare, in Star Trek, and others. And I think the one thing that I'd like people to leave today with is there really isn't any new storyline. It's just how they wrap it up. It's just how they put the bow on it. So, Didi, thank you very much for being You're welcome. so quick and, and able to do this at such short notice. And thank you, everyone. Have a lovely rest of the day. Take care of yourself. Bye now. Thank you for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 